Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Mr. Saunders' Sandbox. Here on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. Um, I hope I hope everyone had a, a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, this past week. I, I hope all of your tum-tums were filled with good food and all of your hearts were filled with uh, good times and good memories with friends and family. Uh, I, I had a I had a wonderful time. Uh, I actually celebrated Thanksgiving a, a few days early with my family uh, on Monday last week, and, and we had a wonderful time. It was it was it was a really good uh, time of uh, fellowship and 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 you know just hanging out with uh, some of my favorite people in the world. Now um, this week. I, I would love to talk all about that and how much fun it was, but this week I, I kind of wanted to talk about something a little a little heavier, uh, maybe even a little darker. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think on the last episode I, I gave you guys a, a warning or a disclaimer uh, that the show may kind of go in a different direction this week, and, and that, that's, that was uh, by intention. Um, the, the holiday season, it, it really is one of my favorite times of the year, but it's also one of the toughest times of the year for me. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I guess, I guess one of the big reasons is I live alone. Uh, so, you know, as much as I, I do get out and do stuff with friends and family, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here by myself, you know, so that, you know, that, that can kind of make the, the holidays sad sometimes. Uh, and then also like, um, I, I, I had a, a 15 year marriage, uh, that at least one person, me was really happy in. And, uh, my, uh, my wedding anniversary is in December. Uh, and, and, you know, that's 15 years of Christmases, uh, with a wife and kids. And, uh, you know, I don't have that anymore, man. It's, it's been, it's been a few years I, since I've had that. Uh, so this time of the year, it's, it's a little, it is a little tough for me sometimes. I, as, as much as I enjoy the holidays and I, I enjoy having my kids come over uh, even as they're, I mean, they're, and they're getting older. So that's a little trickier too, because they don't all live here in town anymore. But, um, uh, having the kids over, I, I look forward to that all year, all year. Uh, it's, it's always, uh, so much fun to get together. Uh, you know, I look for, I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas music. Uh, there's, uh, just so much about this time of the year, uh, that, that, is good and great and wonderful. Um, I, I love all of the Christmas traditions. I, I love all of the uh, all of the religious implications. I'm I'm a Christian, so uh, the Christmas holiday is very significant to me from a, from a religious uh, uh, point of view as well. So there, there's a lot of a lot of stuff here that I look forward to, but but there's still that sadness there. Um, so this time of the year, you know, my mind kind of goes to some of the, 
the tougher things that I've gone through in life. You know, I, I kind of reflect on, on, on those memories. Um, and, and it's not always a bad thing. Uh, I think, I think often, you know, thinking about these types of things kind of help you in moving forward. Right. Um, I, I often think of, of these tough ordeals that we go through as, as the clouds of our life. You know, through in through our lives, we go through many clouds. Some of them are light, little fluffy clouds that, uh, you know, it's not too bad, not too traumatic. Some of them are huge, dark, messy clouds uh, that take some time to get through. Uh, and that definitely leave you different when you come out on the other side. Uh, but with our with these clouds we go through, there there is uh, the light of day on the other side. You know, you you do get through them. Um, but in in reflecting on all this and thinking about all this, as I usually do this time of the year, there there was a really heavy, dark nasty cloud I went through a few years ago. Um, and I'm not talking about my divorce. I, I don't think I want to get into that on here. As much as I appreciate the ability to be able to to talk these things out with, with you guys, uh, y'all are, this is a lot like going to a therapist for me. Uh, I'm, I'm not ready to, to dig into my divorce. And I don't think you guys are ready to hear all of that. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of wounds and a lot of baggage, uh, on that train. But um, I want to talk about something else that I went through that was a very uh, significant time uh, for me and, and really changed me in some ways. Uh, uh, there, there are lingering uh, effects of this thing I went through that, that will probably with me be with me for the rest of my life, uh, both mentally and physically. Um, but I, I think that, that it, in the story I'm about to, to share, um, which I haven't really said all of this out loud to anyone ever, uh, I've kind of, I guess you could say, rehearsed this in my car a few times, just kind of talking to myself. But as far as like really opening up and, and sharing all of what I'm about to share with you guys, uh, with, uh, you know, another person. I don't think I've ever done that. But, but I think it's important to, uh, you know, um, one of the things that, one of the things that we, we learn as, uh, as a nurse is, is you, you learn the, the art and the, the power and the importance of empathy. Uh, and in empathy, you know, you, you take your experiences and you're not, sharing them, but you kind of rely on your experiences to listen to, to support, uh, to accept, um, and, and to, uh, help out others who are going through a difficult time. Uh, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, you don't listen to someone tell their story and then turn right around and, and say, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I went through this because that, that is never true. Um, each of us go through our own things and, and they're all as different as apples and oranges. Um, but as a nurse, I've learned to listen 
to people when they tell their stories. And, and I kind of rely on, on my experiences to internally try to understand what they're going through. I don't share with them what I've been through because that takes away from what they're telling me. And, and, and it always kind of, it always irks me. Like when I'm, you know, with a group of people and someone's talking about something that they're going through. And then there's, there's often someone there that, that tries to flip the script and, and they tell their story and kind of take the attention and focus away from the person who's hurting and, and, and steal the spotlight, uh, steal the thunder. Um, that is not empathy. Uh, that is, that is, uh, uh, well, pardon my French, but that's a dick move. And, uh, you know, far too many people do that. Uh, so what, what I'm, what I'm doing with sharing my story today is not that. Um, and, and I'm not sharing, and I'm not sh- going to share my story because I want you all to be empathetic, but I'm going to share this story because I, 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 I get some insight from going through this experience. Uh, that y'all are about to hear about, uh, I learned a little bit about myself uh, when I went through this, uh, especially when I came out the other side of it. So that's why I want to share this, share my story is because the lessons that I got from it might be helpful to someone out there. Um, so I guess that's enough set up. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of rambling and, and, uh, going, going in a whole bunch of different directions, but, uh, let me, let me steady, steady the ship and get back on track. And, uh, uh, as, as Hillbilly Scribs would say, uh, while, uh, when I often do the hooten hollers, uh, strap yourself in folks, we're going to get this show on the road. <laughs> now, we're going to begin our story. Uh, uh, this was a few years ago. Uh, we're going to begin it back in 2018, in January of 2018. Uh, don't really know the actual date off the top of my head. Uh, but what I do know is I had, I had worked a shift, which, uh, which I'm, I'm a night shift nurse. So I, I work about 12 and a half to 13 hour shifts at the hospital overnight. Uh, the hospital I live at, is about a one hour commute uh, from where I live. So I have about an hour drive there. And then when I get off work, I have about an hour drive home. So I'd gotten off of a, of a shift and I was on my way home home. And I don't know if this was the first, I usually work three, three shifts in a row. So I don't know if this was the first or second of those shifts. And well, I guess it doesn't really matter, but anyway, I'm on my way home. I get about halfway home and I have a, a blowout. I get a flat tire. So I pull over, change my tire. Uh, this took about maybe 20, 20, 25 minutes. I don't know, something like that. Uh, what I can tell you is uh, we were experiencing a cold front in Texas. Uh, I want to say it was like in the lower 40s or early or upper 30s. Uh, and... I know for some of my friends that live up north, that's not like super duper cold, but for down here, it is. 
uh, and it was damp. It, it had been raining. I don't remember if it was actually raining when I changed my tire, but it was real wet out and, and, uh, and very windy. And this wind was like chilling me all the way to the bone. Uh, and, and I can tell you the hospital scrubs that I had on and the light uh, windbreaker jacket I was wearing were doing me no favors. Uh, I was freezing out there while I was changing this tire. And I just, when I got done and got back in my car, I just felt beat up. Uh, just didn't feel good. But I drove back home. I think I took some Tylenol, uh, cleaned up, ate a little bit, and then went to bed. And I got up the next, or I got up, that was in the morning. I got up that afternoon to get ready for work, drove into work, and, and I was feeling okay. But once I got to work, I started feeling crummier and crummier. And I, I want to say about halfway through, through my shift, uh, it was probably about midnight or so, I, I just started having this pain, this intense pain on the side of my face. Uh, it was on the right side of my face, and it kind of started around my right ear. It actually hurt inside my ear. And then the, the, the side of my face was hurting as well. Um, every time, any time I would reach up and, and touch it, it would just explode in pain. Uh, this was like all along, like my jaw, uh, my cheekbone, the side of my forehead, uh, my temple region, all of that. Uh, it, it felt like you were getting, like I was getting punched in this, in the head. Um, which I know what that feels like because I've been punched in the head, um, not not a lot, but you know, I, I kind of I, I do like to uh, make people smile and chuckle. Uh, I like to crack lies from time to time, and I've kind of been like that all my life. Uh, when I was younger, I, I would sometimes do that at the expense of others, and and sometimes those others had a justifiable reason to smack me in the head. So I, I I've been punched before, and that's kind of what this felt like. Um, for those of you that haven't been punched in the head, uh, imagine that you have a bruise, like a really bad, sore bruise, and you take your index finger and just jab it into that bruise. Uh, that's a that's a similar feeling. So that's th this is what what the side of my face was was feeling like, and uh, I, I kind of pushed through it. I, I probably took some more Tylenol uh, after work. I I went to a freestanding ER to get checked out on my way home. The doctor that saw me there after I explained to her the way this felt and kind of, I told her about having changed my tire the other day and how I've just kind of felt cruddy since then. And, uh, she, she said, you know, that sounds a lot like shingles, uh, but you don't have any lesions. So it doesn't really look like shingles. And for those of you that don't know what shingles are, um, if you ever have the chicken pox, uh, which a lot of us have as a kid, or people my age had as kids, most kids are vaccinated for that now. But if you've ever had it, uh, once you get over it, you still have the chicken pox virus inside of you. It's just dormant. It's not active. And that virus tends to move and uh, grab a hold of, uh, of nerves underneath your skin. If later in life that virus 
reactivates, then it, it, it's, you don't have the chicken pox, you have the shingles. Uh, and, and what it does is it affects uh, the nerves underneath your skin and it makes them very, uh, uh, very sensitive, very painful. And you'll tend to get little lesions, kind of like little whelps uh, along the, the, the nerve lines under your skin. Well, I, I was having the sensation of shingles, but I didn't have any of the, the lesions or whelps. So the, the doctor looked in my ear and said, well, it was a little pink. It wasn't like angry, bright red, but she said, it's a little pink. So you might have an uh, infection in your ear because that's kind of what I was, uh, when I went in there, that's what I was asking if I had. Um, so she uh, started me on some antibiotics. So I left there got my antibiotics, went home, started on them. I hadn't had any fevers or anything, so I was fine to work. And I, I can't remember if I worked again that night or, or, or if I was done at that point for the week. Regardless or irregardless. Is it regardless or is it irregardless? I always get it mixed up. Anyway, whether I went to work or, or not the next night, it doesn't matter. Once I was finished with my work shifts that week and I was home, after I'd been home for a day, um, I had gone to bed, and when I woke up the next the next day, I woke up sick, like really sick. Uh, I was having bad nausea, uh, like every about every thirty minutes, I would get nauseous and, and have to go to the bathroom and throw up. Uh, I was also having bad diarrhea, so every time I got up to went to the bathroom, I was basically uh, squirting out of both ends. I'm sorry about the picture that paints. Uh, and then uh, I started having fevers as well. So this went on for a couple of days. And and during this whole time, I'm not really able to eat anything or, or drink anything. I'm trying to. But everything that I, I drink or, or take a bite of, I end up throwing up. So I'm, I'm sitting there basically just staying in bed and getting up about every hour to go to the bathroom and, you know, expel stuff out of both ends. Um, after a couple of days of this, um, and by this point I'm getting pretty weak uh, because I'm probably pretty dehydrated. Uh, I, I feel like I need to throw up, so I get out of bed. And I got to tell you, at this point, the 10 to 15 steps from my bed to my bathroom or a real challenge. Uh, I think I, I, I may have fallen down once or twice on the way. Uh, that's, that's just how weak I had gotten. But I go in there. I, I, I think I did throw up again. I go to the sink and uh, rinse my mouth. Uh, well, I brush my teeth and then I rinse my mouth. And, and I notice when I'm rinsing my mouth, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a lot of water spilling out of the right side of my mouth, uh, which is weird. And I just happened to look up at the mirror and, and what I see, uh, scares, scares the heck out of me guys. Uh, my right side of my face is, is completely hanging slack. It's, it's totally drooped. Um, I, I noticed that when I blink, my right eye does not close. So then I try to close it, and I can't. Uh, I, I try to, to bare my teeth, 
uh, and and the left side of my mouth will open up fine. Right side, nothing. Uh, the the whole right side of my face is paralyzed. And the first thing that comes into my mind is, I've had a stroke. I, I've seen I've seen pictures. I've seen the posters at work. This is what a stroke looks like, guys, and and it terrifies me. So I, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm alone. There's no one. No one lives with me. So I've I've got to. I need to get myself to the hospital, so I can get uh, looked at because this could be very serious. Now I'm. I, like I said, I'm a little sleep deprived. I'm a little dehydrated. I'm not thinking clearly, or I would have called someone to help me. Uh, what I do do is I, I put some clothes on, I get down to my car. Now, now that, that cold coldness, those cold winds that were blowing a couple of days ago with the dampness when I changed my tire, well, the temperature has gone down more and it's below freezing now. And we've actually had like some precipitation. So a lot of the roads are iced over, bridges and overpasses are iced over. So I, I sit there and I get on my my little map app on my phone and, and find the nearest hospital emergency room I can get to without going over any bridges, without having a wreck. Uh, and I managed, I managed to get there. Um, as soon as I step out of my car, I slip and fall down because uh, of the ice on the, on the uh, parking lot. Uh, I get up, I go into the emergency room and, and, and tell the, the lady at the counter, you know, that I think I've had a stroke. Uh, so they get me back into the triage area pretty quickly and then get me back into the actual uh, ER. Uh, I th think they, they draw some blood and do some tests. And then the, the doctor comes and sees me. And uh, he, he tells me that I do have the shingles. Uh, and that I have something called Bell's palsy. Which is, a, a, it's a, it's a, a condition where you do have uh, one side of your face is, is paralyzed. The, the, the muscles in your face are paralyzed. Uh, he tells me that this is, is a, a thing called Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. And basically what it is is the chickenpox virus uh, that I, from when I'd had chickenpox when I was like five or six years old. Uh, the virus has attached itself to facial nerves around my right ear. Uh, and into the right side of my face, and it's reactivated. Uh, he tells me, you know, a lot of things can make it reactivate. Uh, usually it's stress-related, um, and that uh, usually it's seen in, in, in older older patients, uh, in their 60s or older. At, at this time, I'm in my early 40s, so I'm a little young to have this, but it's, it's what I have. Uh, he tells me that the recovery rate, the statistics, it's like 60-something percent. Uh, that's not a good number. Uh, you know, if you're in high school or college and you get a grade that's 60-something percent, uh, that's, a that's a failing grade, right? So that's the way I, I take this, uh, this information he's, he's given me. Uh, is that I am not going to pass this test. Um, 
and, and it really bothers me. Now, he does tell me that since I am younger, I have a better chance, uh, that most of the statistical data comes from uh, people who are in their 60s or older. And, 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 and all that's true, but uh, him telling me that didn't help. I'm still fixated on this is a test I'm probably not going to pass. Um, so anyway, he, he gives me uh, some uh, prescriptions for uh, an antiviral called gancyclovir uh, to treat the shingles. He gives me a prescription for prednisone, which is a steroid, and that's to treat my Bell's palsy, and a prescription for some special eye drops for my right eye. Um, since I'm not able to blink my eye, I have to keep it moist, moistened uh, with uh, some special uh, eye drops. Uh, and also whenever I'm outside or when I'm sleeping, I have to keep it covered so that nothing uh, gets into my eye, you know, so I don't like bump my eye or anything when I'm sleeping and when I'm outside so the wind doesn't blow like uh, dust or anything in, into my eye because that could do some permanent damage to my eye. Uh, which this is all also very scary stuff to hear. But I, I, I take it all in, I take his prescriptions. He also tells me that I am severely dehydrated. Um, he tells me I need to start drinking and, and try to put in as much fluids as I can. I'm like, okay, I will do that. Now, on a side note, there is a thing they can do in the emergency room called an IV bolus where they start an IV on you and they give you like a, a bag of fluids. Uh, and that usually will uh, correct your dehydration. To this day, I do not know why they didn't do that. Uh, but they didn't. So I, I take I take all these uh, prescription orders and, and he gave me some information on, on Bell's palsy and on shingles. I take all this stuff and head back home. I, I stop at the gro grocery station, grocery store on the way home uh, and, and pick up my, my uh, meds from the pharmacy there. And I, I load up on Gatorade and uh, bottled water and, I, you know, some saltine crackers, uh, some veggie soup and stuff, stuff that I think I'll be able to keep down and that'll help me get uh, rehydrated. Uh, the other thing that he had wanted me to do was to make an appointment with my, my personal doctor. So once I got home, I called them and made an appointment to go see them. And I, I, think that the, I think I made the appointment to go see them later that day. As it was getting closer to time for me to go, I realized how weak I still am. I realized that I really barely made it to the hospital and back. So I reach out and I call my, my mom to see if, if she can help me uh, get to, the, uh, to my doctor's appointment. Uh, by this time, the it's warmed up outside, and, and most of the ice is, has melted. Uh, it, I feel like it's safe for her to her to come help me out. So her and my stepdad come, and, and uh, they help me get to the, my doctor's office uh, to my appointment. I, get, I see my doctor, and and um, she looks at me and everything, and and the first thing she says is, uh, "Are you able to drink uh, fluids right now?" And I tell her, well, I'm still having nausea. I, I tried, I've tried to drink some since I got home from the ER, but I'm still having a hard time holding it down. So she gives me a, a, a prescription for Zofran, which is an anti-nausea medicine. It's really good stuff. 
uh, it's what we give uh, the our, our patients at work who are who are uh, getting uh, chemotherapy. Uh, it, 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 it's it's a good it's a good uh, um, nausea medicine. Um, and then she also writes me a prescription for uh, some um, hydrocodone for for the pain, uh, which is which is a good pain medicine as well. Um, and then she she says, uh, I want you to go to the ER. You can go back to the one you went to or you can go to a different one. But I'm writing orders for them to admit you and to give you some IV fluids to correct your dehydration. So that was our, our next uh, little field trip. Um, but I, I do have to say this. One other thing had happened during this time. Uh, when I got back home from the ER, and I, I, they, they, had, they had put bandages on my right eye to protect it while I was out and about. When I took the bandage off, I noticed that I was starting to see double. And, and what I mean by that is I was starting to see everything stacked on top of each other. Uh, for an example, like if I, if I looked at the wall and there were a clock on the wall, I would see one clock on top of the other one. Um, uh, it was impo- I, At this point, I, I couldn't read anything. I couldn't watch the TV or anything like that. Uh, you know, I have the bandage on my right eye. It's fine, but whenever... I take the bandage off, then it's like everything's all wishy-washy and, and I get headaches and have the, the stacked vision and everything. So I tell my doctor about that. So she makes a, a referral for me to go see an ophthalmologist, which is like a, a fancy eye doctor. Uh, kind of like, um, not, not the kind that, that does your glasses and your eye exams. That's an optometrist. Uh, this is kind of like... Uh, I guess a comparable uh, uh, comparison would be um, like the difference between an uh, an orthodontist and a dentist is kind of like the difference between an ophthalmologist and a and an optometrist. So I, I go see the ophthalmologist. Well, I go to the ER and get a get my IV fluids, uh, and then the next day I go see the ophthalmologist, and he t- gives me a look over. Uh, has me get an MRI. Uh, everything actually looks okay from the MRI. He, he, after examining me, you know, he he tells me that this is related to the Ramsey Hunt syndrome that I that I'm uh, experiencing. He says, you know, I should recover from this. the The statistics are, you know, sixty something percent. And as soon as he says that, in my head again, I'm like, this is not a test I'm going to pass. That's a failing grade. Uh, he reassures me that since I'm in my early 40s, my chances are, are much better than, than the what the average is. But, you know, I'm not really hearing that or soaking that in. So, I get home, and I'm just, I'm just in a bad place. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, still like in a really uh kind of kind of a tough spot kind of a depression still from my divorce which was like two and a half years before this but still something that that to me was still a very fresh and open wound um and and now i'm i'm feeling very helpless 
I, I'm feeling very much uh, that, uh, you know, I was in this relationship for 15 years and then for some reason I wasn't good enough. I wasn't wanted. I wasn't loved. All that stuff. So I was kind of like, you know, pushed to the side uh, for something better. And uh, now every time I get up and and go anywhere in my apartment where I, I, I catch my reflection in the mirror or anything, you know, I, I look at it and I'm, I'm like, you know, who's going to want that? Who's going to want this Harvey Dent two-face sideshow freak looking weirdo? And, and that's not helpful at all. Um, and, you know, as, as I'm just in my apartment each day by myself, uh, I'm just kind of going deeper into this, this pit of despair and hopelessness. Uh, I've, I've kind of, at this point, convinced myself that I'm not going to get better from this. This is like going to be my new normal. And I don't know that I can really handle that. Um, and uh, it got pretty bad, folks. I will say the only thing that kept it from the only thing that kept it from getting to the point of no return and I would say really the only reason I'm here where I'm able to do these podcasts and you're able to hear my voice right now is because I had a lot of pictures of my kids in my apartment and uh, you know the Really, at the end of the day, the only thing that really kept me from putting an end to things was, you know, I didn't want one of them to come over and find me. Uh, I didn't want to do that to them. Um, so that was like, they were my lifeline. Even though they weren't there, uh, they were my lifeline. And um, they kept me from, you know, putting an end to things. Uh, but that didn't take away the depression and, and, and the despair and the loneliness and, and the just feeling of, of being unwanted and all, all, all those things. Uh, they, they didn't take that away. <laughs> the pictures on the wall didn't remove that uh, from what I was feeling and what I was going through. Uh, and it just, every day it just seemed to get worse. And then I just remember, and I remember there was this one, this one morning I guess I, I'd kind of been going through this for probably a couple of weeks at this point. And this one morning I, I was in the bathroom and I, I'm looking at my weird, bizarre reflection in the mirror. Still trying to wrap my head around all of that. And as I'm staring at myself, this, this thing pops into my head. Uh, something that I had said before, uh, quite a few times, I I used to, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, we had the stroke posters at work, and, and these, uh, these posters would have like the acronym FAST on them, F-A-S-T, and I, I couldn't tell you if I had to right now what all of them stand for, but, but they're, they're ways of recognizing a stroke. And the idea is when you recognize a stroke, you want to treat it fast. 
that's when you have your, your best chance of uh, survival and recovery uh, from a stroke. Well, the F in FAST stands for facial drooping or facial paralysis. And on these posters, there's diagrams that go with every letter. So under the F, there's this, this uh, kind of cartoonish guy. And it's all kind of exaggerated, but he has, he has a drooping, uh, a droop, a very drooping droopiness on one side of his face. Looks kind of like uh, my reflection. And back from from years ago at the hospital, every time I would pass this poster, I would look at that guy and point at him, and I would say, "Hey, you. You need to turn half that frown upside down." And people would look at me. Uh, like I was demented and I had a very dark sense of humor, which I, I sometimes do. Uh, but I, that would always pop into my head, and it always elicited a chuckle from me and a grin from me, uh, not necessarily from the people around me. But it made me it made me smile. And for some reason, while I'm looking at myself in the mirror on this this day when I'm kind of at my lowest point, <laughs> those words came to me. And I looked at myself and I said, hey, man, you, you got to turn half that frown upside down. And and there was something in those words, like a power in those words. And I don't know what made me think of them. I mean, there's obvious reasons I would think of them, but I don't know what made me think of them at that particular moment. Uh, I could say that, you know, maybe the ghost of my dad was whispering in my ear or an angel was whispering to me or Jesus was whispering to me. I don't know. But those words, as absurd as they are, made me laugh in that moment. And I had not laughed or smiled since all this ordeal began. And um, I laughed so hard. Uh, so hard that like the side of my face that didn't hurt, the side that could move now, it hurt from the laughter and the smiling, uh, my belly hurt, uh, from the, the laughter. Uh, it was, it was what I needed. And, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know where it came from, uh, but it was what I needed in that moment. And, and it reminded me that, and this is, this is the, I think this is the silver lining to this whole cloud I was going through. It reminded me that things can always be worse. Even when you think you're at rock bottom, things can be worse. And it reminded me that there was hope. It reminded me uh, how powerful laughter is. Um, and this is something I know. Uh, at work, I'm always cracking lame dad jokes uh, because it makes the kids smile. And, and I know that they need that uh, while they're going through their, their cancer uh, treatment. Uh, so it, like, I, I had forgotten that. And in this moment of <laughs> seeing this, this bizarre two-faced looking guy laughing at me in the mirror, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I remembered that, how important laughters and smiles are. You know, I even going all the way back to when I was a kid and, and being a class class clown and always trying to be the jux, the jokester and the guy making wisecracks, it's all to, to make people smile, to make them feel better. 
And at that moment, you know, I, I, I applied that medicine to myself. Uh, and it, it really, from, from then on, I mean, I still, I still had this uh, condition for a while. But from then, from that point on, I had a, um, a way more positive outlook. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I was quite ready to accept, you know, how life would be if this was my new normal from now on, but I, but I was in a better place. And, and after that, it, it, it made me realize that I had not been alone all this time. I felt alone, but I hadn't been alone. I mean, my, my children had been over to check on me pretty regularly. Uh, my mom called and, and, and texted me almost every day to check on me. I had friends from back home that were calling and checking on me almost every day. I had friends uh, from work who were calling and checking on me every day. I, I, I wasn't alone. I thought I was, but I really wasn't. And, and these were all people that cared about me, that wanted me around. You know, people that loved me. And uh, all of the things that I didn't think that I had, I really did have. I just didn't see it because I was in such a dark place. And and I, I would like to say that, you know, in the time since then, I've never been in dark places. But that's not true. Uh, you know, I still I still have struggles. I, I don't know that I've ever been in a place as dark as I was, as I was going through uh, that cloud. Yeah, but uh, but I got through it. Uh, there was light on the other side, and and it all started with <laughs> me turning half my frown upside down, <laughs> you know. And then I, I went. I was able to go back to work once I was over the shingles. I still had the the Bell's palsy for a while. Still had to wear an eye patch because I couldn't blink, and I had the double vision for a while. Uh, but I did go back to work, and and I got a kick out of wearing an eye patch at work. Uh, I told the kids I was a pirate. <laughs> I'm so lame, but that's what I told them. Uh, I even went, uh, when I had my next uh, couple days off, I went to a store and, and bought like a little googly eye like you put on a hand puppet, and I, I mounted that on the outside of my eye patch. Uh, and I was I was so impressed with how it turned on. or I'm sorry, I was so impressed with how it turned out. I couldn't wait for the kids at work to see it, and then I, I want to say like when I got up, that evening to get, or that afternoon to get ready for work, uh, my my uh, paralysis had had uh, gotten better. I, I was able to blink my eye, and and I act, and I no longer had the double vision, uh, and and uh, and I was kind of on the on the road to recovery. Uh, so I didn't really get to to go show off the googly eye, but that's okay, you know. It uh. It had uh, my my sense of humor and 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 all of that had had reawakened and and I was you know feeling a lot more positive, a lot more hopeful. And then I woke up you know to get ready for work that day, and 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 my eye was working again, which uh, made me feel like you know I'm starting to pass this test. I may not fail this test after all. You know my my odds of 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 uh, getting better and recovery are going to be greater than 60 something percent. And, and that, and that held, held to be true. I, I did in time, uh, most of the Bell's palsy resolved itself. Now I can still look in the mirror at myself now. And if I smile real big, I'll see a little bit of, uh, asymmetry, you know, my, my, the right side of my face doesn't quite 
match up a hundred percent with with the with its uh, left side counterpart, but but it's it's real subtle. Uh, for the most part, uh, I made a full recovery there, and uh, and learned learned some really good lessons. So I don't know. I don't know if any of this will be helpful to any of you out there, but it it's an important thing that I went through. And, and, and these are important lessons that I learned as I went through this. So maybe, maybe it's something that, that might help you if you're going through a, a tough time. Again, I'm not comparing my tough time to your tough times. There, you can't do that. But if, if hearing about what I've gone through helps you, then, then it, it was worth, uh, worth going through all this and, uh, worth taking you on this 45-minute journey. <laughs> um, one, one last thing I want to say uh, before I, I do sign off. You know, when I was at my lowest of low points, uh, it was the pictures of my children throughout my apartment that that kept me from, you know, uh, making any choices I couldn't come back from. Uh, but pictures of your kids are not the only thing that can help you in that situation. So I just wanted to, you know, just if there's anyone listening that, that doesn't know this, that that's struggling with, with, uh, stuff like I talked about, uh, there are hotlines, there are phone numbers that you can call. There are people who are, who are trained, uh, to help folks out of those situations and people who that's their calling. Uh, that's that's where their heart is. People who want to do that. Um, I'm gonna uh, look up and include a couple of numbers in the description of this podcast today, uh, and I'll probably keep those on on my podcast description going forward. Uh, I also want to say, you know, if if you want to talk to me, I'm always available. You know, and and I'm I'm good at listening. You know, I, I'm rarely have answers or suggestions but or advice but but I'm I'm a good listener and and I I know how to do the empathy stuff uh, which is important it's important uh, to help you get through things uh, but that's that's really all I've got uh, this week uh, I I needed to talk this out and uh for better or worse, you are the you guys are the ones that got to hear it. Uh, so, like I said, I hope you I hope you get something out of it. Um, and next week, uh, we're going to do an episode that will be a lot lighter, a lot more fun, a lot happier. Uh, it will not have any clouds in it. <laughs> It'll be good stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'll just leave it at that. Thank you guys for coming and listening to my story. And thank you guys for coming and playing around in my sandbox.